to this new episode of Norwich Theatre Talks. My name is Stephen Crocker and I'm Chief Executive and Creative Director of Norwich Theatre and I'm delighted to welcome you to this podcast which is going to focus today on amazing women who've been charting a course within the theatre industry. Later in the podcast I get to chat to one of my own team, Tara Claxton, our Head of Technical Operations and Stage Manager, but now I'm delighted to welcome one of Norwich's favourite comedians. She's also a performer and an actor, and she's here with me just before her show in about 30 minutes' time here at Playhouse. You can hear the audience arriving in the background. Welcome, Susie Ruffle. Susie, welcome back to Norwich. It's lovely to have you, and thank you for coming on Norwich Theatre Talks. How's, how's the tour going? Well, I'm only three... This is the fourth day of the second run of it. So I'm still in the new bit of it, uh, and I've changed it quite a lot. I change my shows relentlessly while I'm on tour. Yeah. While I was trying to, I constantly write more material and then cut bits, and so it changes quite a lot. But it's last night I was in Brighton. It was enormous fun, yeah. and I'm very excited to be back here. I, it's always very, very nice. Yeah, I did the show. I, I've come here for the last three tours, I think, yeah, and it's always right. been lovely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. Now uh, I'm intrigued. The show's called Snappy. Yes. Where's Where's the title from? Well, the honest answer is that you have to name a show long before you write it. Yeah. So I always go for something quite broad, unless I've got something, unless I've already got a specific routine. So it's called Snappy because I like dressing in a snappy way, but also I, um, I'm always trying to do 100 things at once. So it's like, come on, let's do things. I'm, I'm crying. And I also have a toddler and she's pretty snappy. Uh -huh. So there's a lot of reasons, but mainly because I like wearing a suit. Uh, I've just had a coffee brought in for continuity purposes. <laughs> and we are. I'm so delighted Susie's joined us in the half an hour before the show. Thank you, yes. Susie. Now, have you got any particular pre-show rituals? I'm guessing <clears throat> it's not doing a podcast. No, it tends not to be doing a podcast. Uh, no, I like to... I need to eat at a certain time because I'm very physical on stage, so I need yeah. quite a lot of energy. And if I don't eat, I find myself flagging at <clears throat> during the second half. And... Uh, no, I always take support with me, so I've got a friend on the road with me tonight. I've got Danish Nathan, who's really, really funny and a really good mate. And uh, no, I just quite methodically look through the show. I'm st I still make changes to bits, yeah. and I'll continue to until it's finished. Um, and and quite methodically do my makeup. It's sort of half done yeah, yeah. As, as it is right now. Oh. So there'll be more makeup to put on. Just <laughs> keep painting the face until I feel ready. Now, I was told on my sheet of paper here to yes. talk to you about being a pioneering woman in comedy. How is Who told you to say that? How is, the how is the pioneering business going? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe myself as that at no. all. Um, so I don't know who told you that, but I, um, I'm, uh, I'm very much uh, following in the footsteps of pioneering women yeah. in comedy. There's a lot that have come before me. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm just sort of treading in their step. Be quite well, honest. That's kind of what I love about your work. When, when I hear your comedy, there are kind of not not references, not but you've talked a lot about the women that have inspired you. People like absolutely Victoria Wood. Yeah. My, my favourite Victoria Wood quote is: "There are two types of comedian. Mm -hmm. There's the deeply melancholic, or the ones that wear the jumpers and play golf." <laughs> that's which, good. Which one are you? <laughs> I don't play golf, but I guess I'm. But I'm not deeply melancholic. I'm, I'm. I'm quite anxious, but I'm not melancholic at all. So. Um, but yeah, I was enormously inspired by people like French and Saunders, yeah. Victoria Wood, Joan Rivers, and then women that have come sort of more recently before me, like Sarah Millican, Catherine Ryan, yeah, Sarah yeah. Pascoe, friends of mine, you know, that, whilst, that paved the way. Whilst you wouldn't identify as pioneering, I don't think any of you mm. probably would, but we are a bit obsessed by labels and things. Yes. Yeah. But, but 
if not pioneering, there must be young comics who look to you and come to you to ask for advice and are inspired by your material. I don't know. I guess I, I guess some people are. Um, people say very nice things about it, but it's. Um, it. I mean, sometimes people ask advice, but the the only advice that you can give someone that wants to do stand up is gig and then keep gigging and then you're shit for a while and then you might be less shit and then you might be shit again, and you keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going mm. and then eventually you work out what your voice is. That's the only yeah. way you can really do it. There's no shortcut with comedy. It's one of the toughest art forms I've always thought because we, you know, in these theatres we've got every kind of genre. Yeah. And you get your criticism like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they laugh or they don't laugh, yeah. you know, with you. Also, everyone laughs at plays. Yeah. <laughs> People like jokes in plays can be. Like, I'll go and see a play sometime and be like, <laughs> and they'll be like, that wasn't actually that funny. Yeah. But it yeah. just is rhythmically how yeah, they've yeah. written it to be a joke. Um, but it's there, isn't it? It's kind of. Yeah, it's constant. brutal, constant kind of measuring. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great chat to have before a gig. Yeah, but the, this is going to be amazing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it but is. It you you, you a... know immediately. You know yeah. immediately if it's funny. There's yeah, no... Yeah. The, yeah, there's no the, yeah. There's no hiding that. There's a kind of level of resilience that, that's needed, isn't there? To... Yeah, I guess so. I think that you've got to really want to do it. It's mm. not a... It, you know, it's not something for... You can't do it half-heartedly. Yeah, yeah. Or if you do, you don't yeah. get to the stage where you can go on tour. Yeah. You know, it is... It's you've got to, and it's really you've got to work really hard to yeah, get yeah. the material good enough. I mean, I I'm very sort of particular about my shows, and I even in I did a one run of this show, and then during the three months off, I went and wrote a new twenty minutes for it mm. because I had an idea, and I thought that that work with that show. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, rather than being like, oh, it's done, it's like yeah. it's always it always can be improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's. Um, but I think that's the work ethic of a lot of comics. I think a lot of comics would sit here and say a similar thing because, you know, you always want to be the, the best you can be. Yeah. And it's constantly observational, isn't it? You know, kind of all yeah. your, your comedy is often about observing and, and commenting on. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a mixture of storytelling and observation and my mum's voice. That's sort of the mixture. Um, but it's, um, but yeah, I think you can always, things might happen in your life and you think, oh, that's a funny thing to share. And also it's good to have new stuff all the time because it makes you more excited to share it. Yeah. You know, there'll be routines that you do and then sort of once they're done on telly, they're sort of dead. But there'll be bits that you, you know, you can rely on that mm. will always work, but they become less exciting to perform because you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if this is a predictable question. No, please. But I have a few friends who are comics. And oh, we've really? Seen, we've seen kind Would of... Would I know them? Stephen Bailey? Yes, I know Stephen. Stephen, I go way back to Manchester. Ah. Oh, yes. Oh, the stories I could tell. <laughs> um, but I've talked to quite a few people about how comedy has changed and the world around us. And yeah. It is a predictable question, but are you more scared about the material? Are you more considerate of the material that you cover? Um, I know exactly what you mean. I'm not, because no. I've never been that kind of stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been an observational storyteller that talks about my life and talks about my... I don't think my opinions have ever been risque. Mm. Um, and I don't do anything, <clears throat> I, I'm, I never try and be offensive. I don't no. want to be offensive. It's not really mm. comedy that makes me laugh massively. It's not, you know, there's room for all kinds of comedy. Yeah. But this, for the sort of stuff that I do, there's never been, that I've never thought, oh, I can't say that. No. Because I, I, I don't think I'd think up that gag. No, no. You know, no. And, and some people love that sort of stuff and some people, uh, don't yeah, yeah. and I and yeah so I've never really had to consider that yeah although I'm not you know I'm not con convinced that I don't know how much sort of cancelling really exists I don't know that that's I think it's something that's talked about a lot I think it's only ever happened in this country 
and into America indeed, in like you sort of suggest that a male stand up might get cancelled and now Louis C.K. has just won a Grammy. Yeah, so I yeah, don't yeah. think that it's actually yeah. a thing that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that some people like shocking, yeah. but that's not what I do. No, absolutely. It's not, not why people come and see me. No, absolutely. So tell us a bit about what you're up to at the moment. Sure. Um, of, uh, away from right because you seem like the per sort of person that never stops and you're doing the show you're always thinking yeah. about the next project and planning yeah I'm, I mean a lot of my time is devoted to being a mum yeah. and so um, my daughter's coming up for three and yeah. it's um, I'm very aware of how brief this period of her life is yeah, going to be you know yeah. it's it won't be long until she's at school and my career has very much taken a back seat at the moment not because of back seats may be the wrong word my she takes priority always. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm on tour and I don't do more than three nights a week. Mm. So I'm home for bed and bath and, you know, I'll try and work other things around it. And I, you know, I, I need to be there for breakfast and I yeah. want to be, you know, I want uh, to be there. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing in the world to me at the moment. But alongside stand-up, I've got a couple of podcasts that yeah, keep yeah. me very busy. I've got Like Minded Friends with Tom Allen yeah. and a podcast called Out where I interview sort of inspiring LGBTQIA plus chaps and chapesses and people yeah. that refer to be neither of those things and uh it's yeah which is which i love which i love um and uh and then yeah like tv projects and things yeah, yeah. got a couple of scripts on the go whether any of those happen who knows yeah um but that's the thing with the thing with telly is that you're at the behest of somebody else's opinion yeah and you're waiting for the phone to ring now i don't yeah, really yeah. like waiting for the phone to ring so yeah. i do stand up yeah, and i yeah. I like doing telly. It's fun to do telly. It's fun doing shows like Live at the Apollo, and I've been, you know, privileged enough to do that a couple of times. And the Last Leg because that's live, mm -hmm. so it feels very immediate. Uh, and you know, there's lots of shows that I enjoy doing. But for me, I've never, I've never done stand up to try and get on telly. No. I do stand up to do stand up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm very content. Yeah. In traveling around the country, like it's lovely to come here. I think this this one's sold out super quick, yeah, so I know everyone is. in there's going to be yeah. well up for it. It's a real privilege to be on tour and for people to come and see you and want to yeah. chat to you afterwards. And so, I I've got other telly bits and pieces on, but as long as I've always got the stand up, I that that is enough, yeah, yeah. which is lovely. Yeah, I know absolutely. that there are that I have you know I think there are some. Uh, no, I'll stop there, yeah. <laughs> which is lovely. Susie, thank you so much. You can have another fight. If you want to keep Are chatting, sure? we can. We can chat until 10 past if you like. Okay. So my next question. So you okay, mentioned that you've recently become a mum. I have, yes. When I was on holiday recently, I read Ellie Taylor's book. And yes, she's, she's found, a friend. She's found amazing comedy material, mm -hmm. everything, that becoming a mum. Yeah, she's great. Are you going to go that route? Are um, we going to start hearing about... you? Your home life and being there is some on of stage. that. That is some. Of, there is some of that in the show yeah. tonight. Yeah, there is some of it about me trying to juggle being a mum and having a career, and mm. there's stuff about me being a queer mum, and there's stuff about me feeling like I get it wrong all the time, and stuff about the fact that becoming a mum has like upped my anxiety in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Yeah. And so the thing is, I think when you do sort of storytelling, you can only ever really go from what's happening in your life at that moment. So. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that I tell on stage in this whole show tonight is a lie. Yeah. There's not one lie. There's not mm. one bit of material where I've gone, oh, that's sort of a funny idea. I'll write a bit about that. Everything yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah. And I can say that for most of my shows. There are a couple of routines here and there throughout the last sort of six shows that I've done where I go, oh, that was a bit of a lie, or that was a bit of a lie. But in the last two or three, there's not been anything that I've just made up. Yeah, yeah. And so I always, I find the funny in this from 
just everyday yeah, yeah. stuff and and that's how I it's how I write. Maybe it means maybe I should be more creative and just make up stuff. But <laughs> and does that are there people around you that are kind of oh can't say um, that can't say that in case it makes it no? <laughs> I think that my friends know that I wouldn't do that to them. <laughs> I do have to check everything I talk about at home with my wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, which is wow. fair enough. Well, because <laughs> I'm not that could get tricky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she sort of she's got absolutely no interest in showing off. She uh, she was you know she's a happy, content person and doesn't feel the need to tell for strangers to tell the, her that she's funny. Um, but I but when I'm talking about our life, it is something that I'm sharing about us. Mm. And like yeah, she's yeah. very private. I very seldomly put a picture of her on the internet. Although mm. when I did the Jonathan Ross show, they put up a massive picture of us after we got engaged. And I was like, oh. And Alice was like, oh, okay. Well, there's a picture of me on telly. All right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I always check it with her. Other yeah. than her, my mum and dad love being part of the show. They do they? I I oh, lean on them heavily there, for stand up. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, if I'm if I'm a routine short, I go and spend a weekend at mum and yeah. dad's, and I'm like, all right, got a new one, brilliant. <laughs> Are um, they in the auditorium? Kind of. Yeah. Wouldn't well, you know what? It's funny you say that. A couple of years ago, we were at Edinburgh, and my mum always would come up for a couple of days, and like. You know, it'd be like we were having a sleepover and we're going to get pissed and we'll have a great time. And mum's mom's really good fun. And uh, we went, to, she came to my show and we were having a drink afterwards. And, um, and some, the audience came in and uh, someone was like chatting to me and I was like, oh, and, and she was like, oh, all the stuff about your mum's so lovely. And I was like, oh, that, that's my mum. And mum was like, hi, it's all true. Like, she just loved it. She was sort of part of it. And so, and my dad's a really good sport. He doesn't oh, mind yeah. being, um, you know, he, he sort of enjoys it. And he's also a funny guy. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's funny in the pub. Yeah. He knows how to tell a story. Yeah, he knows yeah. how to spin a yarn. So, um, they get it. And they know yeah. how much I love stand-up. I've been doing stand-up yeah. for a long time. And it's, you know, most stand-ups don't get to tour and don't get to go on the road. Yeah. And it's... Um, a real joy to be able to do that and a joy to have you know an hour to share with people so mum and dad have you know they've been along for the ride they were there you know 13 years ago That's when lovely. I was playing to 10 people and a dog yeah. so okay this has to be my last question because sure. you must let Susie get on stage fast forward 15 years right and your daughter says oh to god you, I want to be a comedian oh please don't <laughs> it is it's, I think it's a hard job um do you know the hardest thing about it is is when you start is like it can be quite lonely. There's a lot of travel. I, I look back at like, twenty-eight-year-old me and think, oh, I wasn't, it wasn't that safe. I used to like, mm. used to get trains really late at yeah. night, stay in places that were like really cheap and a bit dodge, and, and that's the thing that I find. I look back and go, oh god. Like I think it's a lot better now, and I, there's, and there's a real community amongst comics and real community amongst female comics. Yeah. People really look out for each other, which is lovely, um, and. But it's it is a you know it's it's a hard way to spend your life, and I think that I'm very lucky that I um, I really you know, I really enjoy being on the road. Yeah. I hate being away from home, but I love doing a couple of nights yeah, yeah. away and doing the tour show here and there. And that um, but that that's still tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough like traveling all the time, and you know I think it's aged me. <laughs> well, you wouldn't tell it. Well, you that's because of the Botox. <laughs> Susie, thank you so much for coming. My on pleasure. Norwich Theatre Talk. It's lovely to chat to you and have a great show. Thank you very much indeed.
Thank you for calling the Beckett Estate. Your call is important to us. Please continue to wait, and an operator will be with you shortly. I was busy thinking about boys. One of the things I enjoy most about hosting this podcast is the opportunity to introduce you to members of the wider Norwich theatre team and for me to get to sit down and have a bit of a chat. I learn all sorts of things about my colleagues and today my guest is the brilliant Tara Claxton. Tara, welcome Thank to you Norwich Theatre Talks and Podcast Corner. Thank you. It's Do great you to like be here. like my triffids? I love it. Yeah, it's really nice. Yes. <laughs> now, Tara's role with us is head of theatre, head of technical operations, um, but you might have seen Tara during the pantomime, often if something didn't go quite right, because Tara <laughs> also works as stage manager for us. Tara, tell us a little bit about what you do day to day. Okay, so yes, head of technical operations is the title, and ultimately day to day I just make sure that everything technical is working and that everyone in the department is where they need to be supporting all of the incoming productions that we do and all of our producing work that we do. Um, in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do, just make sure it's all running smoothly. <laughs> Absolutely. And as stage manager, you've joined our team because we're producing lots more of our own work yeah. now, but that's, that's how you came through the industry, isn't it? Before it is. coming to Norwich Theatre, that, that was you. Yes, yeah, it's been, um, I've had uh, a number of years now touring the country and international um, and as a, as a member of stage management and it's been amazing and I've toured into Norwich Theatre Royal a few times but never be, never worked here, uh, never been a part of the family and never been a part of anything of the producing world here. So now like 20 years touring and then coming here is, is really amazing for me. And what sorts of shows were you touring with and working on? Uh, lots of different ones. I did a lot of stuff um, up north at Theatre by the Lake. I did a big oh, spin Keswick, there actually yeah. Yeah, in Keswick um, and they do a lot of rep work there which is amazing. Uh, so you're doing six shows in rep. It's just constant and really, really amazing to do. Um, but I did a lot of mu I did a lot of musicals on tour. Uh, American Idiot, the Green Day musical, which Yay. was really, really, really amazing. Uh, great show, which we went, ended up going to New Zealand with, um, and did a stint out there for a bit, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really good. Um, and then I've done a lot of plays, but yeah, a lot of musicals uh, and lots of touring up and down the country. Yeah. Now, for those that possibly don't know these titles within theatre and producing theatre, just tell us a bit what a stage manager is, because it's a bit misleading, because you're actually managing people as well as a stage. Yeah. Tell, tell us tell The us role itself is kind of pastoral care vibes. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a, a number of people in the team. Um, anywhere, you'd have assistant stage managers who are predominantly props-based, um, and then you would have a deputy stage manager who, who would cue the show. So they, they're like the hub of all knowledge. Uh, so they would be with the prompt copy, the script for, for every show, and cueing all of the lights and sound, all of the automation, all the flying pieces, anything that moves is cued by them. So they're like the hub of all knowledge. And then you have either a stage manager or a technical stage manager, and then a company stage manager. Um, and they are the, the mum 
probably. <laughs> um, they're, they're the person that you go to if you need something, or they will just make sure that it's the, the whole show is fully supported once it's on the road. So when you're in rehearsals, you're very much uh, supported with the director and the producer, producing side of it and all, all of those people, all the creatives are there. But the second you, you leave the rehearsal and move on to the stage, it becomes the stage manager's responsibility to just make sure it's all, it's all happening nice and smooth. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, we've had the opportunity to work together yeah. a couple of times now, and um, you 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 really do hold your own in that space. Yeah. And, oh, that's and, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's lovely, and I've often noticed that you are often surrounded by a lot of blokes. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how's that? It's um, it's nice. <laughs> no, it's it's um, it is quite like the technical side of it is very male dominant, I would say. Mm. Uh, but the stage management side of it is quite female yeah. dominant. Um, I don't really know what the reason is for that. Um, I'm not really sure, but it's it is. I guess that's why I've got lots of male friends, probably because yeah, yeah. a lot of the people I work with are male. Um, but it's just knowing how to manage them all, you yeah. know, um, and, and being there for everyone, supportive. And there's that moment, isn't there, where, particularly during technical rehearsal, where you are somewhere between mum, head teacher, <laughs> referee. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a lot of pressure in, in that moment in particular. I mean, when you're on tour, it's like keeping a machine well oiled. Yeah. But you are the linchpin in that bit of the process. It's a real balance, actually, because it's that, like I trained, I went to East 15 acting school about 20 years ago now, <laughs> um, a while ago. And um, <laughs> there's a lot that you can be trained to do. But actually, as a company stage manager, and to be honest, any member in stage management, you cannot be trained and taught how to manage people particularly because everyone is an individual and everyone has different needs so yeah. so so I as a company stage manager adapt to everyone individually so yeah. the way I might talk to one of the actors might be different to the way I talk to a different actor for instance and I think because they so a, a really huge part of the role as company as a, as a stage manager is recognizing everyone's needs as an individual um, and I think that's really really important mm. because particularly in a technical rehearsal, which predominantly is, is the moment between leaving the rehearsal room and going onto the stage where everything comes together at the same time and there's a lot of people in that space, you know. The actors have had a few weeks to rehearse their lines and their movements, but anyone technical, that's the first time they're learning it mm. and that we're putting it all together. So it's quite a stressful environment yeah. and um, generally they're quite long days and it's a really long week and then at the end of it you've got to perform to like 1,500 people and you're like, oh, this, there's no pressure here then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it is a lot to manage and I think um, so long as you're always available and you have a really good team around you, like a really supportive network, it's really, it's really the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I mean, 20 years as working in the industry, it's changed a lot over that period yeah. of time, hasn't it? For, for good, yeah. certainly, around, you know, diversity, inclusion, you know, regulation, things like yeah. that. But there, also, there must be different challenges as well that you now face. There are. I tell you, one of the best things that, that has, has been a wonderful change for me is that when I first started out, I, I've never quite looked as old as I am. <laughs> Lucky I know. Uh, thanks, Mum. <laughs> um, <laughs> Some of us is going the other way. <laughs> but, um, and, I, and I appreciate that. But, it's like, but what's really hard with, with that is, as a company stage manager, you're, you're, you're one of the hierarchies on any show. Yeah. And when you walk into a venue for the first time and you're asking a lot of predominantly male 
to, to assist with the build of the set and all of that technical mm. requirements who you've never met before they don't know who I am vice versa it has been a real challenge for me um, in previous years to to gain any level of respect in mm. in the first instance of meeting them now nine times out of ten by the end of the, our time in X, X amount of venues they're like oh, okay fine great great but I have to work really I've had to work yeah. really hard for that moment yeah. um, whereas a lot of men in my position necessarily they wouldn't necessarily have had to work as hard as I have in, yeah. In that respect, so but now that's that's not like that anymore. That's good. You know, that's that's, a, that's really, been a really positive change. Really good. Yeah. But I guess also um, for female members of cast and companies that that who might have had that similar kind of experience being part of an ensemble. Yeah. Actually, that's been quite transformational as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think um, we're really heading in a different direction now, mm. particularly post pandemic. A lot of things have changed now. Um, and I, th I think uh, a lot of things changed for me because we, when we came out of the pandemic, um, I was like, you, you just start questioning what you're going to do now mm. because it was just a really hard couple of years yeah. for so many reasons. Um, not being on the road, having to be stuck in one place, that's really new for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, I think it's a, it's been a great change. Yeah, I think yeah. lots of new things are coming out. I think it's a lot of it's really, really positive. Well, we've been really lucky to kind of capture you, so you're not allowed to go <laughs> out on the road unless you're touring with Norwich Theatre. Cheers. Shows, man. <laughs> are you loving being back in Norwich? Because oh. you're from Norwich, aren't you? This, this I is am. home. Born and raised here. And then I left to go to university when I was 18, almost 20 years ago now. And this is the first time in my adult life that I've ever lived in Norwich. <laughs> Yeah, a year ago, uh, Will Hill, the, the technical and builders director, the legend, um, to put that in there, <laughs> he, he called me and said there was a job going, you know, there was this, there was this advert out, um, would I be interested? And I had a look at it and I was like, mm, it's really interesting because it was like, um, it was for a technical and production administrator, so it's very much uh, an administrative role, which was really different to what I do as a stage manager. But it had, um, I had a lot of insight into how it all works within a theatre. So mm. the jump was, it made a lot of sense. But I remember saying to Will, um, I'm really nervous. I don't know if I'm ready to not be a stage manager anymore. I wasn't sure I was ready to leave it behind. But I also knew that I was nearly 40. And at some point I had to come back because my parents were like really telling me off for not being here. <laughs> um, so I, and with the pandemic, you know, you do have to reassess what you're doing now. And That's I think... Right. Um, yeah, so I said I said yes to Will Hill, and I and I uh, I came in, and now it's been a year, just over a year since I started. Yeah, and uh, I I don't regret it one bit. Absolutely, and what what bits of the role have you do you really kind of relish? Because your role is really really broad, isn't it? And it actually is really kind of interchangeable. Mm. Sometimes on stage working a show, sometimes you know, marshalling the troops, and and I should say Tara rules the roost <laughs> in the technical team. <laughs> <laughs> Will might think he's her manager. That's but right. It's the other way around. Yeah, I think um, I know this sounds really cheesy, but I love it all, Stephen. I do. I know how fortunate I am, and a lot of the people who, a lot of the people I'm, I'm still very much in contact with, they've actually said to me that I've really lucked out with what I'm doing now because the being a stage manager and on the road and being self-employed is, is is great until yeah. you don't know when the next paycheck comes through. And now I work, you know solid within this amazing company and I've really dug my heels in I've really really like 
uh, grabbed it with both hands. I think the venue is amazing. I love the job that I do. Um, I love make, making it work. I paid time to say this <laughs> earlier on. That's the wine. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do. I really do. And I was thinking actually before I came here, what you know, what what is my favourite and least favourite thing? And I actually can't find a least favourite thing. I think if when I was on the road. Uh, my least favourite thing was not being with my family and not seeing them on a, on a constant basis. But now I have the best of both worlds here. I see my family. I'm at home now. I see my niece and nephews. And I have a really wonderful job. And I get to stage manage alongside it. I, I've lucked out, Stephen. I have. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I, I, I think we have too, actually. And in terms of the projects coming up mm. uh, um, over the next bit of time, what, what, what are you looking forward to? So we're going out with uh, Jake Humphrey and Damien Hughes on the High Performance Podcast Tour, which is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're there end of the month, end of April, um, at the London Palladium, which, funnily enough, was the last venue I was in before I joined you guys oh, here. Right, so it's okay. like a nice bookend for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, re I'm really excited about that tour and that show and going back on the road again and being amongst all of that. Um, and Jake, is a really, Jake and Damien are both really wonderful humans to be around and to work with. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Team high performance. Yes, <laughs> yes very much so. Oh, Tara, thank you so much for coming to chat and your story and your, your journey in, in the industry is really, really inspirational and we're so lucky to have you as part of the team. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. It's been brilliant to hear the stories of Susie Ruffell and my amazing colleague Tara Claxton and we really love getting your feedback on this podcast. I'm eventually starting to get over my imposter syndrome and enjoy hosting these for you. <laughs> Keep telling us the kind of guests you'd like to hear coming up and we've answered one of your wishes because on the next episode of Norwich Theatre Talks, I'll be chatting to the brilliant, the legendary choreographer, Sir Matthew Bourne. We'll be talking all things dance and how he tells those amazing stories which have featured at Theatre Royal for almost 20 years now. Thanks again for joining us and see you next time.